recording. Lovely. Oh man, is that true? What? Oh, got an email. Okay. Never mind. That's what I was checking. I was like, let me make sure my phone's turned down because I've had students emailing me all day. I got an email that <laughs> Dr. Creed sent out this fake email oh, to people. Yes. And that, now I see the screenshot of it. I'm like, oh, yeah. I could see how you yeah. can get tricked. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. One time I was responded to one. Yeah. It was like my first week in this new role. Mm -hmm. And Creed sent oh, me a note. And I was like, oh, darn it. Like, yeah. I just switched from athletics. He's a very hands-on president. And he yes. wants constant feedback. Like, yes. let me. Of course. Yeah, I, when I was in CPHS, Dr. Ad, like one had come from Dr. Adams, and I was like, oh, oh wait, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's a real email address. Let me double check that. Yeah, I get it. Oh. It's easy. So, Kayla, I'm going to read off the departments you've worked for here at Campbell University, and you can fill in the blanks if I've missed some. Sure. You were an RA. You worked with uh, campus housing. Mm -hmm. You were in the provost office. Mm -hmm. You were in CPHS on the pharmacy side. Mm -hmm. You were in the Science Education Outreach Department, which that's a whole story we have to dive into. And now academic advising. Yeah. You also work with the band. Yeah. Is there anything else I've missed? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, um, in undergrad, I worked for the school newspaper and the yearbook. Um, but other than that, I think that's everything. And a small world. We are filming in the old Pine Burr office. We are. That used to be the yearbook office. We are. It looks a lot different. <laughs> and now the yearbook, which my boss, Haven Hoddle, works on and, and her students, that's an experiment just to get it done in time and, and flip the pages. Yes, it's, it's um, definitely a huge undertaking. It definitely is. Yeah. Kayla, why have you stayed around so long? And maybe that's the wrong way of phrasing it, but what's kept you here in Bowie's Creek in all these different roles for so many years? Sure. Um, the family aspect. Um, it's a small, small community. Um, I come from a small community. I grew up in Bailey, North Carolina, which is about an hour from here. Um, went to a small public school in the middle of the nowhere. Um, and so I came here originally um, for pharmacy. Obviously that didn't work out. Um, but um, I was far enough away from mom and dad to make my own way and then still close enough if I needed to go back home. Um, and it's still kind of the same. I live in Irwin, so I live locally. Um, and I just, I just love Campbell. Um, it was the only school that I applied to. Um, I just felt like home here. And um, my mom told me my sophomore year of, of college that I was going to end up staying here. And I was like, no, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to get a big girl job. And I'm going to go change the world. And here I am hmm. um, several years later. Um, and I think I still am changing the world just a different way. Um, it's definitely not the plan that I had. It was the plan, I think, that, that God had for me. Um, and so I like it. I don't foresee myself leaving anytime soon unless... My husband gets a different job and I have to leave, but I think I'm here for a while. I'm curious with the pharmacy background, when you dive into it as a student, right? Because when you, when you ask a lot of folks around this area, mm -hmm. what is Campbell known for? And mm -hmm. they'll say a camel, they'll say the law school, and, and the pharmacy slash med. I know they're different, yeah. but those two very standalone. Yeah. For you to, to start in that program and see it continue to rise, mm -hmm. you know, even in this role now you have with sure. advising, what's been the best part of watching this pharmacy program start to? Yeah, just watching it grow and change. Um, it's, it's like a living, breathing thing. Um, there's change all the time. Um, and just seeing all of, like when I started, it was just the College of Pharmacy, the School of Pharmacy, and now it is the College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences because we've added so many other programs to it. So just to see it grow and expand and 
for us to be able to have the, the impact that we have in this rural community, um, leading with purpose um, and doing service and missions and um, just, just being able to educate those students and give a quality education and see them go out and change the world um, has been a, a joy to see. We did a magazine feature on Native Americans in the state and some of their Koheri tribe meeting on campus mm -hmm. and the interaction off in reservations and then here. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you bring up that rural, that's a word I cannot say. It's hard. Rural mm -hmm. connection and connectivity because at times there are a lot of campuses where a lot of the medical and pharmacy outreach mm -hmm. is, is inbound and it's right. not as external focused. Right. How important is that to, to someone like you who's, who's been in this area a long time and has seen it and then too has lived in Harnett County, has lived around here and has, has noticed the uh, outreach long term? Sure. It, it means a lot because when I was a student here, you had the health center and you had maybe like an urgent care in Lillington and maybe an urgent care in Dunn. Otherwise, you just had Betsy Johnson. I mean, I've seen, what is it, Central Harnett Hospital, um, yep. you know, was created we have so many students that are there um the nursing program has you know just taken off um and it's really hard for me to go anywhere whether it's harnett county whether it's reps whether it's wake med and not see a, a campbell student or a campbell white coat um a lot of times yes i know the students so that's so sometimes it's a little awkward sometimes but at the same when time, your residents know, are helping yeah yes, administer yeah exactly but at the same time i know that they're getting a good education i get my prescriptions usually over here at our pharmacy and so i see pharmacy students that i saw in undergrad um and just for them to be able to have those opportunities and to see the impact that that they're making on rural communities um i've helped with the cphs um, scholarship applications and so you get to read some of their um, personal statements and things. And a lot of them are talking about staying rural, staying local, and helping the communities that, that they're serving while they're in undergrad. Um, and you see that from students that are out of state, um, that have come from like Virginia or other places, and they see the opportunities and the impact that they can have here. Um, some of them do eventually go back home and, and help out in their rural communities, but a lot of them stay local um, and build families and, and, and their lives here. One of the most unique graduation ceremonies is the, the pinning and the white coat mm -hmm. ceremony because, and for folks who aren't familiar with this, you know, you, when you start pharmacy school, you receive a coat, and then as you go through the process and you finish out, it's a four-year program, I believe? It is a four-year program. So just that stress and, and the amount of work, and you're spending yes. a year in residency, and you're still taking classes, and, yeah. and just to lead to that fantastic ceremony. I mean, it, it always catches my eye. Yeah, it's, it's really awesome to watch the students graduate and to receive their hoods and um, to see their families and, and everybody um, cheering them on and supporting them and just, you know, being able to celebrate with them. And a lot of times, you know, nothing's ever perfect. Sometimes their um, journey to graduation has a few detours and that's okay. Um, that's what I tell students all the time. In undergrad, they have what they call like curriculum maps, where you you know you plan out your all four years. This is what you want to do each semester. And yes, a lot of times some courses are only offered in those semesters, but sometimes they're not, and you can take a detour. And sometimes if you have a rough semester for whatever reason, it's a map for a reason. You know you can take those detours as long as we get back on the right track and get you to graduation. Who cares what happens in between, right? Um, and so that's that's one thing. I that's the other thing too. I think um, as far as being in the roles that I've been in, 
Um, they all haven't been academic advising, but they've been advising somehow in, in, a, in a certain way. Um, and so I think that's one reason um, I've stayed here so long is just being able to talk with our students and help them through um, situations that I may have been in or um, something like that because students will come in and they'll call me Mrs. Clark and I'm like, I'm not that much older than you. Um, but it's, At least they haven't said Madam Clark yet. Yes, no, not yet. Um, <laughs> maybe when I finish my master's, I'll have them call me master, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, just to be able to relate to them and, and have them understand that, oh yeah, I'm not the only person in this boat that, that we can get from this bad situation that I'm in. You know, I, I failed a chemistry test. It's not the end of the world. You know, we'll do better next time um, and still graduate. So. so for you personally, I want you to give people a sense of the students you interact with, the programs you help with, and sort of how it all works from a you know, a student needs a, an advisor or some, you know, some guidance and how they find you. Yeah, sure. So um, most of the time when the students come in as freshmen or first year students, um, they are uh, assigned an advisor based off of their major. Um, currently we have three full-time staff in our office. And so Campbell has a number of undergraduate majors. So we have taken those and we've split them up. I do mostly the College of Arts and Sciences um, with the humanities and all of School of Ed, Psychology and Sociology, um, Christian Studies, Biomedical Communities, History, Poli-Sci, um, anything education, um, Cybersecurity, Homeland Security, ITS, Math, Spanish, a little bit of everything. Um, and and you get you go to bed at a decent hour and you wake up at a decent hour. No, I don't, I don't sleep a whole lot, but that's a whole different story that has nothing to do with my job. Um, but uh, Anything that is not natural and applied science or um, the fine arts in mm. English, Ms. Betsy does that. Um, and so I see a wide variety of students. I see a lot of first-generation students who have never been to college before. Their parents have never been to college before, so it's a whole new territory for everybody. Um, I see athletes. Um, uh, oh, one of the other majors that I do is communication. Um, right which is good because that was the program I graduated from, so it's nice to, to do that. Um, I don't know, just a wide variety of students, all different kinds. Um, some that are like really type A, like I know exactly what I wanna do, this is what we're gonna do, this is how we're gonna do it. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm glad you got this plan, we'll see how it goes. And then there's others that come in and have absolutely no clue what, what's going on. Um, and then just within the last two years because of COVID, um, students coming out of high school with doing online classes, mm -hmm. they don't have the interpersonal skills. One of my students came in and said, this is the first time I've done in-person classes in two years, and I am so anxious and I am so nervous. I was like, okay, well, let's breathe. Let's you know, take a step back. Um, and so not only are we there to help with academic advising, we're there to help with all kinds of resources, um, mental health, um, resources, we have our counseling center, we can refer them to, we can refer them to disability services, um, student support services, academic support services, tutoring, all those kinds of things. But a lot of times students come in and they just need somebody to listen. And so that's another piece that I really love about our job is we're able to be a person in between, you know, them and the professors if they're having a conflict or if they're nervous about talking to their professors. I don't know why they're so nervous about talking to professors. They're not that intimidating. Well, as someone who's pursuing an MBA, and you mentioned your master's as yeah. well, 
uh, professors scare me to death. Yes. They're very nice in person, but some of these curriculums and course of loads, course. It, that scares me. Not the people, but just exactly. the actual work. And I mean, it's the same for me. Like, I, sometimes for myself, I have to put the advising hat on for myself and listen to my own advice and take it. Um, it's a lot easier for me to tell the students what to do or give them advice than for me to actually take it myself. Um, so yeah, so I, I really enjoy talking to students. I let them know that it is a safe space in my office. Um, I tell them, look, I have tissues on my desk. If you need to come and cry, that's perfectly fine. I have stuffed camels in my office. You can cuddle a camel while mm. you're sitting here freaking out. Um, but we're going to figure it out together, and you're not alone in this, in this situation. The inner mama bear in you then, yes. because hearing this dynamic, and all of us went to college or went to class at some point, mm -hmm. so kind of have a sense of advising, but how do you bear that emotional responsibility? Because I know there's a job description part, mm -hmm. but then there's also not every kid comes in screaming with right. their hair on fire, but right. for those who do, how do you try to console and work with them and help them through this process? Absolutely. Um, God. Um, I had a situation when I, so this is my um, second year in this department, um, but so last year I had a student, and I'm, I'm really thankful that we were able to have mental health first aid training. Um, I had a student that came into my office, or he had um, sent me an email the day before and said, hey, I need to set up an appointment. I was like, okay, sure. And so he comes in, always usually really smiley, and he came in and he had tears in his eyes. I was like, okay, something's going on. Hmm having trouble in classes, afraid of losing scholarships, so on and so forth. And so the way he was talking, I just looked at him and I said, I'm going to ask you a hard question and I hope you're honest with me. And um, he said, I said, you know, have you ever thought about hurting yourself? And he said, yeah, yesterday before I emailed you. And so my brain is like freaking out. I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to help this student? Do I need to call counseling services? What's going on? And so we just talked about it. And so I felt comfortable you know, letting him go. We set up weekly appointments for him to just check in with me. Um, and he's doing great now. It, it wasn't a, my brain at first was like, okay, this is a serious, serious situation. But once you talk to the student and usually listen to them, you can figure out what the problem is. And so I think sometimes just taking the time to listen to them and, and, and hear them out and not necessarily try to fix it, um, but just make sure that they are safe and that they have the support that they need. Um, is is the main thing and sometimes yes I you know I get a little invested um, if anybody knows any about the Enneagram I'm an Enneagram too um, we learned that in Divinity School um, and so I am the helper and just am um, and so I'm very empathetic and so I do have to sometimes take time to just sit in the quiet reflect color I have on my desk I have a, a calendar desk pad that has doodles on the side of oh, it. oh my gosh and so I have colored pens and pencils and so the girls in my office they'll come like a Corolla sometimes. 64 pack too oh no but I have a, a pack of like 200 glitter gel pens <laughs> um, if you need any kind of colors just come to my office I got you um, but yeah we'll just sit there and decompress and laugh and take you know 15 20 minutes to just to just be and and not think about work or anything that's stressing us out just just color and laugh and have a good time and then you know we'll go back to work um, but it is good to take time for yourself um, I started going to therapy last year mm. and so that's another thing that's helpful um, I think therapy is good for everybody um, whether you think that you have some major issues or if you just need somebody to talk to um, so that's the other thing that that I think helps I'm glad you mentioned that it was a few years ago but I went to therapy as well here on at Campbell mm -hmm. over at the med school and, and they were instrumental right? right just having that 
daily conversation Absolutely. and being able to check in. I do want to touch on some positives too, sure, yeah. because I know as you're in year two, heading into year three in this role, you'll see a lot of the freshmen, sophomores yep. gearing up to graduation. Mm-hmm. What is that growth process like just in terms of meeting them when they don't know what they want to do to now a lot of them are getting close to wrapping up or finishing up their tenure? Yeah, so um, the way our office works is we have them for about the first two years. Is, so we keep them until about 45 credit hours. Um, and then their GPA, as long as it is where it needs to be, will pass them off to the, uh, a faculty member in the department that they're going to. Um, so a lot of times, um, so I'm just getting close to that point where we're passing them off. Um, we use that, usually do that about mid-February. Um, and so I haven't had a graduating class yet, but seeing some of the students that I met last year getting ready to transition to their faculty department um, um, advisor, um, some of them are like, no, I'm not leaving. I, I have to stay here. And I'm like, you're welcome to come to my office, but they know the curriculum better for the juniors and seniors, and they have more contacts, more network contacts. So like Dr. Cowling, for instance, she is also a lawyer, and so she knows so many people in the criminal justice system. Mm. Um, I can't get you an internship. I don't know any, anybody in that, you know, that system, but Dr. Cowling is a great resource or um, even as freshmen when they first come in and they have questions about internships because some of them are already ready for graduation when they start, um, we put them in contact with, with those resources and, and those people. And so just being able to see, especially students that come in and don't know what they wanna do, and they've changed their major a few different times and they're finally figuring it out and seeing that light bulb moment where they're like, yes, this is what I wanna do, this is my purpose, this is exactly where I needed to be even though I didn't know it. Um, just to see that light bulb moment is really um, special for me. What do you think your purpose is? That's a good question. Um, <clears throat> so I think my purpose um, is to just help the students figure out their purpose. Um, like I said, I never prepared for this role as an advisor. I mean, Betsy went to school for higher ed. A lot of students or a lot of people do that are in these roles. And I just kind of fell into it. Um, and I've learned along the way from different people that had come before me. Um, and so I, <clears throat> I started in the Master of Art in Faith and Leadership Formation program the very first year, the first cohort. And no, I haven't graduated yet, but that's okay. It, it is fine. I have one class left to take and I will take it eventually. <laughs> um, but that is one of the goals of the, that is like the main goal of the program is to help you figure out your vocation and your purpose. And I did struggle with that that first semester. It seemed like all of my friends were, you know, they wanted to work in a church or they wanted to be a minister or they wanted to do this. And I could not pinpoint what my purpose was. And I knew that it was to help these students to help. Um, even at my church, I'm, I'm working with our youth groups and stuff now. Um, and it's, I think it's just to help them find their purpose and mold them and give them resources, be a support, um, encouragement, those types of things. A lot of what you're saying, at least in my interpretation of it, aligns with the leading with purpose mission that Campbell has and that has Mm -hmm. really in the last five or six years wrapped its arms around. You know, as someone who's who's seen a lot of different roles and has been all over this campus, north, south, east, and west, Which, by the way, we still have those signs. Yes, if you drive to the yes. right spot, you'll, yes. we're, we're working on that, folks. That, <laughs> those will disappear. It'll just be one yes, Bowie's Creek campus. It, yeah. But to be able to influence these students, mm-hmm. 
oh man, now I got so excited with that north, south, <laughs> east, west reference. The, the leading with purpose. Yeah. And a campus where it is more than just a transactional experience. There's yeah. that relationship and, and the building. Where do you see yourself playing a part in that and helping these students find their, their purpose? Um, so a good example, I think, is um, the last two Fridays that we had here, we had J.A. Campbell Days. Um, and so I've always loved helping admissions with um, these interviews for the scholarships. Hmm. Um, and so we've had a few different iterations over the years that I've helped with. Um, and so I think each year it gets better and better, the process. Um, so this year we were able to, since I helped out on both days, um, I saw a total of 12 students that we interviewed. And we always, at least my group, we try to give them time at the very end to ask us questions. Why do you, you know, whatever they, they come up with. Most of the time it is, you know, why, why are you at Campbell? What did you like? Um, and so we're able to explain that. And it's just like what I told you, you know, the family aspect. But it's also, like, for example, one of them that we had, he wants to go into, um, I believe it was law or something like that, but he's really... Um, into his worship band. He leads worship at church. He plays guitar. He, he plays all these different instruments. Um, and he didn't know that, you know, with our Office of Spiritual Life, you can leave a worship service with the students. You can be involved in all these clubs. You can still do band. You can do music, all these different things. Because um, I think sometimes, um, and not to anybody's fault, because you go to college to learn to get a degree. They don't always see the extracurriculars that you can do and, and the things that you can be involved in. So just being able to, even as they come in as freshmen or transfer students, um, being able to let them know that there are these resources, there's these clubs, there's these places that you can plug yourself into and really discover who you are. You can challenge your beliefs, you can challenge the way that you think because Campbell offers all of that. Um, yes, we are founded on you know Christian um, a Christian base, um, usually Baptist, but like everybody is welcome here. Um, I've seen, even from my time as a student to now, just a wide variety of students, different backgrounds, diversities, and there are more and more opportunities for them to express themselves. Um, just like we're in Black History Month right now, I think over the time that we've been here, there are now more opportunities to hear from students and to hear their backgrounds and to hear you know, where they come from. Um, and, and I think that Campbell's doing a really good job of improving all of that over the last few years. Faith Beam, who oversees a lot of things yes. now, but Spiritual Life and Christian Mission is her yes. main department. Mm -hmm. She has mentioned just an open conversation yeah. where dif different faiths, different races, different backgrounds can come to this campus and express their thoughts and feelings. Absolutely. And where, yes, there, is, there are some Baptist ties originally, there are still some very faith-based driven purposes. And you look at the missions of the university, yeah. faith is heavily invested into Absolutely. that, but it's not, we're gonna hit you over the head with the Bible right. and you have to do X, Y, and Z. Right, yeah, students come in. And so one of the, the general core curriculum courses that every student has to take when they're here, um, whether you come in as a, a business major or you know whatever, um, is intro to Christianity. And it, I mean, even as uh, myself as a student coming in, I was like, oh, I was raised in church. I know about the Bible. Right. I know about Jesus. It's fine. And, like, it's going to be an easy class. And I learned a lot um, because it's not a, a course uh, in theology. It's not a course where they're trying to convert you to Christianity. I mean, I have students that come in and say, 
oh, they're going to try to convert me and I don't want to take this class. No, that's not how this is. It's more like a history and, and you just learn the background stuff. Um, and and I, I explained that to them. You know, I grew up in church and I learned a lot in that course. Um, and so then they're, they're like, oh, okay, they're not as um, defensive, I guess. So, uh, and we don't have that a whole lot, but there are some that do come in and they're like, oh, well, why do I have to take this class? Um, so, yeah. I want to talk sound of the Sandhills as well okay. because it's crazy to think we're in 2023. Six years ago, it was announced that the band was going to march yeah. at football games for the first time. You know, it takes a year to get things in place. So basically five full seasons now yeah. of full-on, when you think big college athletics, you think of marching bands, mascots, and, you know, and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I know you're so heavily invested in the band and have had yeah. ties to them over the years in different roles. But now to see them take a big step, and as football takes the rise, so does the band. And there's more travel and there's more involvement. Just your thoughts on the growth of the sound of the sandhills absolutely um and i'm going to try not to cry because the first time that um i watched them at practice uh, it was like it was band camp in the middle of the summer when when um half of the band they came from schools that didn't have a marching band so they they didn't know their right from their left um and to see that very first practice um and to cry at the end of it um, as, a, as an alum, as a proud alum, um, to see what, where they are now. It just makes me so excited for the future and for, for what they're going to do um, moving into this new conference and all the changes that are, that are taking place. Um, just to see the growth, um, to see the fun that they're having. Um, I was here, I was a, when did we get the first football game? Fall of 2008? 2008, correct. Um, so I was here for that very first game. The hottest day in Bowie's Creek history. Yeah, oh, mm. We had on black windsuits. We didn't have shorts at oh. the time. Um, yes, everybody, not just the band, but everybody was falling out that day. Um, but it was still a good day. It was a historic day. Um, and so to see the band go from a stand pet band at the games to actually a marching band, because a lot of us alums during that time petition for a marching band. We needed we needed it. I mean, you think football, you think marching band. Um, it, it just goes together. Um, and so for, for us to be able to see as alums where we started and where we're at and where we're going, it's just super exciting. Um, and I'm, I'm so proud to have been a part of that um, and to see it grow. Um, I have some photos dating all the way back to then. Um, so I, I'm on the sidelines usually taking their pictures. Um, and so I don't Play with the band as much anymore. I, I used to stay in the Wind Symphony, but mm-hmm. with different roles that I've had, I've, I've had to cut back on that. Um, but they're gracious enough to let me hang around and take their pictures and stuff. Um, but the uh, the yeah. charisma, the investment, sort oh of the, the energy yeah. of a band, and, and you see it a lot yeah. at the sporting events is one thing. Yeah. But then too, at on campus events mm-hmm. and and various just yeah. showcases it's throughout the year. For them to just, especially at Christmas, um, it's nothing for them to just pop up in the middle of the day at the Christmas tree with like four different instruments, just you know playing a, a quintet, a quartet. There we go, four. Um, playing playing something, playing Christmas music. Um, and so even when they're practicing on the football field across the highway, right, you can still hear them in the academic circle. Um, so I, I feel bad sometimes for the people in the apartments over there, but um, but you can still hear them, and so it does. It resonates across campus, not just, you know, their sound when they're practicing and things, but just in general. It, it is a, you know, your athletes, they, they connect and, and their their football family or their basketball family, it is a band family. Um, 
it, it's nothing for me to have. I did, um, I taught cuffs in the, the fall. Right. Um, and so I had some band kids in freshman there. Freshman seminar yeah, for those who aren't seminar. familiar. Yeah. Um, and so I had band kids in there. And so we, we got to talk about that stuff. We got to, um, I could talk to them about advising. Dr. Wilson or Dr. Phillips or Dr. Beach will call me and say, hey, I have a student in this class, but they need this class. So can we change that? Um, so it's just, you know, it's just a, it's just a family. Uh, I don't know how else to explain it, um, but yeah, just seeing them light up and, and seeing the color guard grow um, and, and all the things that they're doing. They've got a winter guard now, um, so yeah, and you don't even have to know how to play an instrument. You don't know how to, ha you don't have to know how to march. We'll teach you that, that thing. Yeah. Um, you don't necessarily have to know how to twirl a flag. They can teach you that too, um, but there's always a spot somewhere for you in the band. I've been at a handful of those practices. One, because they do two-a-days yes. in August. To give people yes. a sense, right? The football team's doing their two-a-days. Well, the band's doing just the same yes. work. It may be at the track. It may mm -hmm. be at the you know the turf field. Maybe on the soccer practice fields back yes. there. Like It's all over campus. Yeah, and then they have the rehearsals, too, so that you, you throw that into the, the mix when they're in the fine arts building. Yeah. Because August 31st comes up quick. Yes, it does. It really does. <laughs> Kayla, I want to dive in with you as well because we talked about the student involvement and how you kind of mold and help guide these first and second year students. With that freshman seminar, kind of that freshman orientation, so much post-COVID has been about enhancing the student experience when they get here, even before that, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I'm curious in your, your eyes and your role how Campbell tries to help these new students who arrive feel comfortable, feel acclimated with what's going on on campus. Yeah, absolutely. So... Um I would say that those, the summer orientations are a big part of that, um, trying to at least get them here um, to, to campus, because some of them have come for visitation days, others haven't set foot on this campus. Um, and so orientation is the first time that they're, they're here. Um, and so just making them feel welcome. And it's not just my office, it's, it's undergrad admissions, it's faculty and staff across the university, um, all the different departments, financial aid, business office, those things. Um, so just being a smiling face and, and welcoming them to campus. If you see somebody like wandering around, you know, ask what they're looking for. Um, but just just being a friendly face and getting them here and, and making sure that they know that they can come to us for help. Um, if they have questions about what class to register for, if they have questions about financial aid, I may not know the, all the policies, but I know who to get them to in financial aid or the business office. Just letting them know that, that they're, they're not alone that they might be the only person on campus that they know. Um, but to make sure you go to those events, go to the street fair during that first week of, of, of classes, go to um, the cab events, go to these things and try to get involved. Figure out your place on campus. Um, there are students that come in that know that they want to do SGA, so they, they get involved with those types of things. Um, so we just encourage them to not stay in their, their residence hall. We encourage them, if they're commuters, to, to stay after um, and, and stay on campus to do some things. Um, <clears throat> sometimes it's a matter of the finances, that, that that's why they're staying at home, fine. But try to plug yourself into to the campus life. And I know that that is one of the strategic plan initiatives, is, is to make sure that you dropped a big word there, strategic plan. Yeah. I know that's, I've yeah. been in, I've been in a bunch of meetings about that. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's a, a big word in, in our office right now too, but just making sure that everybody feels welcome. And, um, and I think that that is the main thing to keep students here too. Um, the retention rate is, right. is, to, is, is the experience. 
Um, one of my students, so in my first year seminar, it was um, students who were undecided in their majors. Um, so obviously trying to figure out their place and what they want to do. But one of the students came up to me and said, yeah, I don't know about taking that class. I, I don't know what I want to do yet, but I don't want to do that class. And I'm just kind of here for the whole college experience. And I was like, okay, all right. So I was like, can we, can we talk about that later, uh, about what you mean? And so he was just talking about, yeah, he doesn't know exactly what he wants to do, um, but he just wants to experience college. And I was like, okay, so let's, let's figure out what exactly you want to experience and, and figure out um, the best way for you to do that and to get an education, because that's ultimately why you're here. <laughs> yeah, we don't want you on that Ben Wilder path, and no. you're here for eight years, nine years. Yes. And... Yeah, I took, I tell my students, I don't mind telling the students my story, my undergrad story. Um, I came in pre-farm, switched to biology, which was kind of dumb because it was the same curriculum. Right. Um, chemistry kicked my butt twice. And uh, the fall of my fourth year, I decided that I didn't want to do anything science-related, and I switched to comm, where I should have been the whole time. Um, but because I had my general stuff done, I was able to do the comm degree in three semesters, mm. um, 18 and a half hours plus an internship. Yeah, I graduated. We'll, we'll go with that. But um, The paper's in hand. Yes, yes. It, yeah, it is on my wall now. I finally framed right. it and put it up. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed my time here. And um, I think with the addition of the Advising Center, it's about five years old now. It wasn't a thing when I was an undergrad. Um, and not that my advisors were bad at all. I loved all of them. Um, it's just that having the advising center and having it be a central location where you have all these advisors and if you're not sure of the major that you want to do, you can talk to them and they can give you advice. Um, for me, I had to go to like each different department and try to figure out. I remember talking to people in English and education and science and all the things. Um, and so I, I think the addition of the Advising Center has been a, a great, a great addition to the university. Kayla, I've learned a ton today. <laughs> but what I mostly learned is I want to dive into the science education outreach coordination. Okay. That was part of your role because I, I read that and I go, that could go in like nine different directions. Yeah, about it, yeah, yeah. Help, help educate me on what you did for those four years. And I, and I don't mean that like in a dumb way. I yeah. honestly am curious what yeah. that role entails. Absolutely. So when I switched from my role in clinical research over to pharmaceutical sciences, um, that's where that role was housed. Um, we basically, I was in charge of um, doing outreach for science programs. Mm. Um, so mainly it was for pharmaceutical sciences, clinical research, nursing, and the pre-pharmacy program, the four undergrad majors that CPHS offers. And so I would go to local schools, you know, in the county and surrounding counties and take, you know, activities with me to do um, just to get them kind of interested in um, our programs. Um, ultimately, the goal was to get them to Campbell and then if we could get them into the CPHS programs, great, you know, added bonus. Um, but ultimately, it was to try to get them here. Um, and so we would also offer um, tours on campus, let them come over in, into the third floor of Maddox and do um, lab activities and see the research that's been going on. We would take them over to the nursing school and let them play with the mannequins um, and, and do those types of things. Uh, in the PA program, they were doing CPR, trying to figure out the, the correct you know, rhythm to do. Um, so just to get them either on campus or exposed to, to Campbell, because we have students that 
Um, I mean, I go to a local church here, and yes, they know the name Campbell, but they've never been on campus before. Or working with the TRIO program, that is a grant-funded program mm-hmm. through um, CCCC. Having them come Central to Carolina Community College. Yeah. Having them come to campus um, and, and see things and do activities. So this is basically what it was. Um, we were also tasked with starting a STEM camp. Um, yeah. So that was fun. Because um, so we've we've had engineering on this podcast before, yeah. and and Martha, mm-hmm. who's very involved with that, along with now seeing your perspective, yes. and and there's so many different programs, right? Yeah. Obviously, science, technology, engineering, math, but mm-hmm. they all have to come together and have these right. high school events and different day camps. And I've mm-hmm. seen you photographing some of these camps yes. now, where you're helping to share, hey, this is what they're learning, and yes. they're playing with Skittles and trying to explain mm-hmm. a theory of something, and again. It's yeah. that simplistic approach, but it builds their interest and, and kind of their passion into it. Yeah, and, and that's how Martha and I became really good friends. And so every now and then she'll be like, Kayla, can you come over and take some pictures real quick? Yep, sure, I got it. I'm on it. Um, but, yeah, just, just working with her and developing you know, STEM camp and seeing it grow in the way that it has. Because um, the funny thing is, is I was not a science major. I don't know a whole lot about science. I, because I took so many biology courses, yes, I have a minor. That doesn't mean I remember anything. Right, right. Um, but I'm really good at the coordination part. Um, and so we would, I would help with the coordination and getting the students here um, and doing things. And then 2020 happened and, and COVID. And it's really hard to do hands-on activities online. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we tried, uh, just CPHS, we did a, um, one of the things we do is discovery days where we have different pieces of farm side clinical nursing and pre-farm. Um, they do activities with them. And so we work to develop on things um, that the students would have at home, like household things. So doing DNA of a strawberry. Um, instead of having um, rubbing alcohol, we used lemon extract. We told them to just get that because it has like an 80% alcohol, whatever, um, concentration. And so we were able to do that. So here I am in a lab up in Maddox, and I have one of the professors, I think it was Dr. Sharkety, was um, showing how to do this, doing step-by-step. They were doing it at home. I had my phone um, on like a Google Meet, and then I had my laptop on Google Meet so I could answer questions in the chat if they had chat stuff. And it was just, it was insane, the amount of stuff that that we just happened to come up with because nobody knew what to do with COVID. Um, And so instead of doing a full day, we just did like one thing a week or one thing a day, and it was like a half a day thing for a week. Um, and so we had a few different students from that, and some of them actually came back and, and enrolled in the university. So apparently I did enough enough um, influence for them to come because um, I honestly had no idea how this was going to work for online. The royalty commission checks coming in the mail yeah, at sure. some point. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Kayla, I really appreciate your perspective, yeah. and we, we want to interact with people around this campus that are very involved in, and love this place and can speak so highly of it. So I'm glad we had you on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun.